light a campfire, and everyone's a storyteller. Join us for some thought-provoking and beyond fireside chats. Welcome to Leave Our World a Better Place. My name is Kasha, and today I'll be joined by travel specialist Melanie Danhauser. Melanie will be chatting to us about traveling to Africa with your family, and will be sharing her top tips and advice for how to plan a successful trip. She'll also tell some stories about traveling with her own family and some of her favorite clients. Hi, Melanie. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Today, I'd like to chat a little bit about family travel in Africa in particular. But before we go into the topic, could you just give us a little bit of background on yourself? I know you work as a travel specialist. Can you tell us how you came into that and how long you've been working in the travel industry? Yes, of course. So I've been doing what I'm doing probably for 20 plus years. Travel was never something that I aspired to do when I was growing up. I was very fortunate that the travel industry found me. I didn't find them. And it was just by chance that I took up a job at a company where I always joke and say when I started there, I didn't even know where Lake Kariba was. In all the years that I've, that I've worked there, I've gained so much experience. I've worked in just about every different department that there was to work in, working with agents, working with direct guests, doing expeditions, doing family travel, honeymoons, weddings. So I've kind of like a jack of all trades <laughs> for myself. It's For me, it's not really a job. I absolutely love what I do. And when I'm on holiday mm. or I'm not doing it, I actually miss it, which is quite strange. So it's really the joy of my life. Well, I think it's particularly rewarding to be working in this kind of field and just making people's dreams come true, which is something truly special. Absolutely. And the added bonus is that you obviously get to meet some really fantastic people who, mm. in the end, actually become your friends. You know, they start out as clients or guests and they actually end up being friends, which is very rewarding. And the mm. feedback that you get after they've been on safari and their experiences just makes it all the more worthwhile. Yeah, I can imagine that would be absolutely amazing to receive. Okay, let's let's chat a little bit about family travel. Family travel is becoming increasingly more popular and it's all kinds of family travel. It's not just people traveling with their children anymore, but multiple generations traveling together or grandparents traveling with grandchildren. Sometimes even families whose children are friends who travel together. Is this something that you've seen in your own work as a travel specialist? And if it is, how do you approach bookings like this? Are there specific things that you look at? And what are some of the first things that you would consider? Yes, absolutely. Family travel is becoming more and more popular. So it's either, you know, the last family vacation that the family does before the kids all go off to college. Maybe the grandparents who would like to show their children and grandchildren the experiences that they've had on all the multiple safaris that they've taken. But what I find, which is becoming a lot more popular lately, is, is families just wanting to connect and spend some time together, you know, with no distractions from, mm -hmm. from the outside world. I always love a quote from a very popular travel novelist who always said that in an age of distraction, nothing can feel more luxurious than paying attention. That is why a safari is such a wonderful way for families to break out of the comfort zone, to find out mm -hmm. a bit more about themselves, to relax, to be inspired and to fulfill their sense of adventure. And of course, with so many dynamics in one group of travelers, it is very important to make sure that the safari will be suitable for all the ages traveling. And that is obviously one of the first things to consider. That would be the ages of the children, the mobility of perhaps the grandparents, what animals they wanted to see, and when they wanted to travel. 
We sometimes find that some guests like to do a lot in a short period of time, so they want to pack in all their adventure and do as much as possible, mm. whereas others like to relax a little bit and take more time to save the experience. So as a travel specialist, it's very important to spend some time just listening to what they want to get out their safari. And then you work around that to create the best possible itinerary and the best adventure that would work for the whole family. Okay. So it's really important to sort of do that background work before you even start looking at things like destination. Absolutely. Because some some areas are just better suited for families and talking to them and getting an idea of what their wish list is and what they want to get out of the safari gives me a better idea of how to present the best possible option for them. I know for a lot of people, there's a misconception that Africa can be quite scary if you're traveling with your family, especially if it's young children, and especially if it's parents or grandparents who've never been to Africa before that are setting up the trip. Is this really the case? Is it really more challenging than any other destination? Or what are some of the things that you can do or plan for to make the trip easier, even if the children are quite young? Yes, no, traveling to Africa with kids is really not as daunting as it may seem. It does involve a little bit more planning, but really the end result is so much more rewarding. There's just so much to offer in Africa that there's really no chance for the children to ever get bored. It's very important to specifically consider the children when you create the itinerary. Especially younger children, they don't really like to be confined in vehicles for a long time or have to sit in planes for extended periods. And it's also no fun for parents to have kids that are grumpy. And those are all things that you need to take into consideration to make sure that everybody has a good time and that the travel times in between the areas mm-hmm. works out so that it's it's not too tiring for the children, but yet it's still exciting for them as well. So you really need to find a really good balance between the experience you offer and the logistics of getting the family there. Earlier on, you mentioned that there are some destinations that are more more suitable or easier to manage. Does this kind of tie into that thing of logistics? Is that the main thing that you look at when choosing a destination? What are the factors that you would consider when advising your guests where in Africa to travel? Most of the countries in Africa, I'd say, are pretty much on par in terms of ease of travel with children. But there, of course, are some that are better suited. And this is, of course, where the actual age of the children comes in. So, for instance... South Africa would be better suited for families with younger children just because there's little to no malaria and there's no need for vaccinations like yellow fever. The reserves are all fenced in, so even though the animals do roam freely within the reserve, the chances of encountering animals in and around the camps and the lodges during the day is far less. And also the travel times between the destinations in South Africa is very manageable. And it's also a very self-drive friendly country. So if the family prefers to drive themselves, you know, between the destinations, it's very easy to do that. On the other hand, Botswana, I'd say, would probably be more suited to older children, teenagers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course, there's no fences around the parks. So the animals do migrate freely after food and water. In terms of, of a security issue, there is a chance that there might be an elephant or a lion or something in and around the camp, which is not always great when there's smaller toddlers running around. Botswana is also fantastic in terms of so many varied experiences for, for teenagers. There's the Kalahari meerkats. There's an opportunity to do quad biking, mm-hmm. guided walks with bushmen, and then, of course, the Makoro activities in the Delta, which is why most people do include this in a safari. 
And then also Victoria Falls is not very far away, so there's a lot of adrenaline-packed type adventures there that they can do, like bungee jumping, skydiving, helicopter flips. So there's really a lot to do to keep teenagers busy and entertained in, in a country like Botswana. And then, of course, places like Kenya and Tanzania is, of course, the ultimate safari destination. You've got places like the Masai Mara and Amboseli. The driving times are not that great. We've got the Great Migration, which plays out every year. Mm. And for me personally, the Maasai are some of the best bush teachers who can teach children so much about tracking animals, how to read landscapes around them. And then, of course, the, the added bonus of a destination like East Africa is that the white sandy beaches are not far away. And there's nothing better than lying on a beach, washing off the safari dust and enjoying a beautiful African sunset. So there really is such a varied experience in the different countries that we offer. I've obviously just mentioned a few, but based on their preference, the ages of the children, Africa basically caters for everybody. Absolutely. And I think the variety of experiences is very important to note. And it's also part of why it is actually so important to rely on a travel specialist. I'm sure you have this all the time where somebody approaches you and they've got this idea in their head of what they want to do with a family, but you have to very gently explain that actually that's maybe not so suitable or there's a better plan or a better destination that you can recommend. Yes, that is so true. You wouldn't want a family with with small kids wanting to book a a gorilla trek in Uganda or Rwanda because that is just not suitable for smaller children. So it, it is very important to speak to a travel specialist who's traveled there and been there and experienced it firsthand who can give you the right information. Absolutely. Obviously, the majority of travelers in Africa are looking for some kind of a safari experience somewhere during their trip, although there is so much more to traveling to Africa. Is a safari possible with children? What are the things that you need to think about? For example, from what age are children permitted to go on game drives? If they're not permitted or they're too young to go to game drives, what are the options for parents? What are those kinds of issues that you think about? So we we welcome children of all ages at our lodges and camps. But there are, of course, restrictions. For instance, children five years and younger are not allowed on scheduled game drives. This is just because obviously there would be other guests on the vehicle. And those game drives can be quite long. So they might sometimes be out for three to four hours at a time, which might not be suitable for younger children. It's also very important for the children to be able to take guidance from the ranger if they are told not to to make any noise when we do come across a, a sighting. That's also very important to take into consideration. So most people who do travel to Africa with their families have got very well-traveled children. We kind of leave it up to the lodge manager's discretion. They'll obviously meet the kids, spend some time with them, and then based on their interaction with them, they will then Mm -hmm. say whether the kids can go on the normal game drives. If this is not possible, we do have the option of offering shorter private game drives where the parents and the kids can go out together. They can stay out for as long or short as they like, and it just makes it a little bit less stressful on the parents as well because they don't have any other people on the vehicle that they need to to take into consideration. We also have really well-trained childminders. So on the instance where the parents maybe wanted to go out on a game drive themselves, they can do that and know that their kids are taken care of at the Mm -hmm. lodge with staff that absolutely love having kids in camp and do really, really great activities to keep them occupied. Even though there are some restrictions, it doesn't really impact on the children that much because they get entertained and looked after and there is the option for them to to do shorter game drives as well. So another benefit to parents who want to ensure that their children get the most 
out of the safari and that they do as much as possible as a family would be a private vehicle or maybe even a private villa or some kind of, of sole use property? Yes, that's right. We do have that option at some of our lodges where you have a sole use villa, which is fantastic for children because it's just your family staying at the lodge. You have the ranger and the vehicle mm-hmm. all to yourself and your timings are not are not set then. So you can basically tailor your time surrounding what works for you. You might not want to get up early to do a half past five game drive. You could do it a little bit later on in the day. So there's really so much flexibility in that way. There's beautiful swimming pools for the kids to play in and swim during the day. Private villa is obviously the best option, specifically with smaller kids. A lot of safari lodges and especially all of NBeyond's lodges have got programs that are designed specifically for children. And I know that the guides are absolutely wonderful at taking care of the kids and making sure they have plenty to do and they're really involved. Can you describe some of the activities that kids might be able to do with the guides at the lodges? Our program that we have is called the Wild Child Program. This is very different to a general kids club that you'd get at a resort where the parents come, the children go to the kids clubs and the parents do their own thing. The Wild Child Program is designed specifically for children who visit our lodges. Each lodge has their own activities that they that they offer, such as tracking, fishing, making traditional bows and arrows, beading, painting, baking. There's a whole array of, of activities that they do with the children. My favourite is the, the nighttime story. So every night when the children go to bed... There's a little storybook on there, hello, you know, how the zebra got its stripes, stories about giraffes, elephants, just a nice little local story about the local culture, the local animals that they can read before they go to bed. There's also an assignment for them for the following day, which is laid out on their pillows before they go to bed. And each lodge will also offer a different experience that will tie in with the lodge environment and the local heritage around. It's much more than a traditional kids club. And also at the end of this day, all the kids Mm -hmm. have fallen in love with the people, the animals and the landscapes of Africa. They get a little certificate to say that they now are a certified wild child of and beyond. And they get to take all their little arts and crafts that they made at the lodges home with them to go and show the family when they get back home. So it really is a program where the children are made to feel that they're part of something. The parents can join in. And our guides really have an amazing way of interacting with children, talking Mm -hmm. to them, and making sure that they also have a fantastic time on all the safaris. Having done it myself, I'm blown away by just the way that the rangers can interact with the children, get the most out of them, and just get them to have the best time of their lives. That's really amazing. And it's really fantastic the way that that the kids get involved. It's really special to see. And it's, it's all about making fantastic memories. And I think these make some of the best memories for the children. Absolutely. Now, what about some of Africa's cities? I mean, a lot of the time people go through the cities, whether to access the safari areas or actually Africa's cities do have a lot to offer for visitors. What are some of the city experiences or activities that you would recommend for children? So most travellers do try and avoid the big cities. They want to get to the safari parks as as quickly as possible. And I generally try and and encourage them Mm -hmm. to maybe take a day or two just to, to get over the long flight. And we've got some great cities that offer some phenomenal experiences. Top of the list, obviously, is Cape Town. There's just so much to see and do in Cape Town, from visiting the penguins on Boulder's Beach, Cape Point. They've got amazing family wine farm tours, which has got nothing to do with wine and all to do with 
being on a wine farm, doing olive pairing, chocolate tasting, which is really, really exciting for the whole family. There's Table Mountain going up in the cable cars. Cape Town just has so much to offer. It really, really is an amazing city, beautiful landscape, and it's definitely worth a visit to spend a night or two there before starting the safari. In East Africa, Nairobi is just as fantastic. I don't think there is an experience better than having breakfast and having a giraffe popping their head through the dining room to come and get some food from you. Children absolutely adore that experience. There's the Sheldrick Elephant Sanctuary where they can adopt an orphaned elephant and they get updated throughout the year of the adventures that their elephant gets up to, which is really, really great. So most people try and avoid it, but there really is so much to do in cities. I mean, there's Durban, which has got one of the best aquariums in South Africa, in my opinion. There's the Moses Mabita Stadium, which you can do a swing from the top of. Before you really get into the bush and experience the safari, there is a lot to do in the cities beforehand. For older guests who are more interested in the heritage of South Africa, most people try and avoid Johannesburg like the plague, but Johannesburg has some really, really exciting adventures to offer too. If they're interested in the history of South Africa, as I said, there's the Apartheid Museum. You can take a, a guided tour into Soweto and have some, some lunch at a, at a local tavern, which are all really different experiences that take us out of their comfort zone, but really is so exciting and fulfilling that that's something that they remember for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's really worth actually taking the time. Slow down a little bit, don't push the void so much and just enjoy the process. Exactly. Mm. exactly. And as I said, you know, earlier on when I was talking about a self-drive, that's what Cape Town is all about. You know, there's mm. there's so much to do on a on a garden route tour from Cape Town all the way up to Port Elizabeth. If your timing is right, you might get to see the southern right whales that come into Hermanus once a year. There's beautiful little coastal towns, arty towns like Nisna, beautiful beach destinations like Pleasantburg Bay. There's the Titsikama Forest, Storms River. There's really so much to do. You could really come to, to Africa for a month and not run out of anything to do. Mm, absolutely. Okay, now given all the wide variety of things that there are to do in Africa. I'm sure this is a question that you get asked all of the time. Is there a best time of year to travel to Africa as a family? The best time to travel to Africa is traditionally the winter months, which is June, July and August. This is also when most of the schools are on holiday, so it it really makes it very easy to plan a family holiday. Having said that, I'd say probably Kenya, Tanzania and South Africa are all year-round destinations. And the best times would be June to October for South Africa. December and February are also excellent times to visit these countries. Mm -hmm. But most guests who come on safari would want to see the Great Migration, which happens yearly. But there obviously are different times that you get to see the migration. So if you wanted to have the opportunity of seeing an actual crossing where they cross the river, that would be around about July, August. But you get to see them in the Ndutu area in about the January, February, March area where they have their babies. So that's also a great time to go when they're not actually moving. So every month has got a different time and a different place where it would be a good opportunity to have a safari. So again, that's where talking to the guests, finding out what their time frame is, what they want to see, you can then tailor make the best opportunity for them to go. So They might not have a specific country in mind. They might be easy to say, well, we don't really mind where we want to go. We just want to go on safari. And that helps that there's there's different different times that are that are better. But for a safari, I don't think there's any time that there's not a good time to go on safari. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But it's all about 
expectations and tailoring the, the expectations to the right place. Absolutely. Now, if you could give out some tips that you wish everybody knew about traveling to Africa with their children, what would they be? Things like packing tips, health requirements, anything that you really wish everybody could know about family travel in Africa? You know, there really isn't anything special to pack for kids on safari unless they have special needs or restrictions or personal preferences. On a safari, you pack the usual stuff, comfortable clothes, comfortable clothes, shoes, sunscreen, light jacket, binoculars, that kind of thing. So it, it really is no different to any other destination that you go to, just as long as you obviously have everything that you need. As most of the safari areas are close to big cities, if there's anything that you've forgotten, it's not a problem to get it. We have some really great safari shops at all our lodges that also has a lot of supplies for parents who might have forgotten something. It's like any other family vacation that you're going to go on. There's nothing really special that you need to pack. It's just pack what you need and come for a great adventure and we'll take care of everything else. (laughs) (laughs) So I think what you're trying to say is that it's really not as scary as it might sound and there's not that much that you need to plan as long as you have somebody who knows what they're doing preparing your travel for you. Exactly, exactly. If there's obviously special needs that you have or special medication or that kind of thing, that I definitely suggest that you make sure that you have enough of that when you, when you come, just because that might not be readily available. There's nothing else that you cannot find on safari or in a great city if you've forgotten something. So it's it's not such a daunting task for sure. There are a lot of people who believe that traveling with children is absolutely the best way possible to sort of to expand their minds, to get them thinking about being socially or environmentally conscious and thinking about responsible travel or about sustainability and those issues. I know you've got a fantastic example of one of your guests who introduced their children to travel at a young age and ended up really changing the way that their children saw the world. Would you mind sharing that with us, please? Oh, yes, of course. It's it's one of my favorite, favorite stories to tell. It's a girl called Sophie Rue who traveled with her parents. They started their very first safari with me when she was four years old. They went to Pinda. That was their first safari experience with and beyond. And Sophie is now 16 years old. And what this young lady has accomplished in her life is just absolutely breathtaking. I think she's achieved more in her young life than most adults have in their whole life. So just to give you a, you know, a little bit of, of background on her, at the age of five, she, she got donations together to start a computer lab for a children's home in Cape Town. She also raised money to build three water wells in remote villages in Malawi. And while we were all locked up in our houses during the pandemic, she flew out to Cape Town to install a machine that can make sanitary towels for disadvantaged girls in, in Kailicha. They literally flew in, I think, three days before the lockdown. She was just so determined to have this machine installed that nothing could stop her from coming to South Africa. Even the threat of being caught during the whole lockdown and the pandemic, they came, they installed it, and they literally left South Africa within hours of lockdown. And I think probably her most amazing thing that she's done so far is that she's just built an off-the-grid learning lab, which is basically a shipping container that they've converted into a computer lab where they'll have 10 computer stations that completely works off solar panels. So she has raised over $70,000 for this. And the container is actually at this moment on its way to Malawi. I think it'll probably be installed there around about July for these kids at the school to have their own computer lab. 
because she said, you know, the one thing that keeps her awake at night is knowing that there are children out there who don't have the opportunity of an education like she has. And that literally keeps her awake at night. And this is why she has started this initiative. She's called it the Bloom Box. And they're hoping that if this box is successful, that it's something that they can roll out to all the rural schools, just to give all of those kids the opportunity as well to have the internet and to be able to to learn and do things that most youngsters take take for granted. And that's why a family safari is so great because it shows the children not everything is sunshine and roses, that there are other people that have really great obstacles to overcome in, in order for them to learn and to be educated. And I think this is what what has motivated Sophie to do what she does. You know, most 16-year-old girls, you know, are more interested in makeup and doing their hair, and she's more interested in saving the world, which is just, mm-hmm. just warms a person's heart. I absolutely love this family. I love her. They travel with us probably once a year, sometimes twice a year, and they are just phenomenal people. I think if there were more people in the world like her, you would have a very bright future <laughs> for everybody on this globe. It's not just Sophie. I mean, there's, there are so many stories of children who go on safari and it, it just absolutely changes changes their lives. I mean, my favourite is one that's very close to me is my, my adopted nephew, who's an 11-year-old little boy. His name is Joel. And he's also absolutely obsessed with being everything that's, that's safari-related. He knows every bird that there is. He's devoured every eco-guide book that we've had. And he's actually even started taking Spanish because he wants to be a safari guide and be able to, to conduct safaris in Spanish. And I mean, that's just, that, that's just phenomenal. That's really remarkable. They're both really, really amazing stories. I can tell from your voice that Sophie and her family are definitely one of those cases where guests have become friends and that you're really, really proud of her. Absolutely. You know, Larissa and her husband are very close to us. They know all our children. I know their story. They're just a remarkable family and they just really are amazing people. And and that's what makes this job so rewarding is that you get the opportunity to meet those kind of amazing people. And it just, it changes my life as well on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. It's a really fantastic feeling to be able to contribute in that way. Melanie, you know, for people who are particularly interested in that kind of of exposing their children to those kinds of experiences, is there anything specific that you'd recommend that they add on to their trip or onto their safari in terms of experiences, volunteer programs, things that they can do to just to show their kids as much as possible of the surrounding environment and all the different things that play into it? At all our lodges and our camps, we do offer the opportunity for guests to visit the communities in and around where we have got lodges. Our Africa Foundation is very involved in helping these communities, building schools, building clinics. And if guests want to do that, we can take them around to visit these guests with teenagers. They really enjoy coming and bringing soccer balls and having a game of soccer with some of the local children. And it's just ways of interacting with people that they don't really see at the lodges, but that all contribute towards the success of the lodge. Our lodge staff are all from the surrounding areas. They all love to tell stories of their villages, their their local experiences. So that would probably be a start to see if there is a flame to ignite, to take families around to these areas to see. And then, of course, if they wanted to come back and do some volunteer programs in the future, there's quite a lot who want to dedicate their gap year to doing something meaningful, coming out and doing a volunteer program, building schools, building clinics. Those are all things that we can definitely help with just to, to help them if they do want to come back and, and spend some more time in the community, it's definitely possible. But it generally starts 
with just the trip to the community, visiting a school, a primary school, a, you know, a, a nursery school, and it just makes such a world of difference. Yeah, yeah. It really just shows a glimpse of a different world. It's a great way to learn about other mm. cultures and also to step out of your own comfort zone and just to see most people are so moved by what they see. It's second nature to want to help. And of course, there are those who can't come back and do the work at the lodges or at the communities. And there's so many different programs and initiatives for them to get involved with where they can also feel like mm. they're making a contribution. Yeah. Fantastic. There are a lot of things to choose from. Absolutely. <laughs> Travel with a purpose. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Now, just to end off with, I'd like to ask you about some of your own personal experiences traveling with your kids. At what age did you start taking them on safari? And can you maybe share one of your favorite experiences traveling as a family? Sure. So, you know, for me, I've obviously been privileged to go on quite a few safaris to experience quite a lot of what and beyond has to offer. For me, there's nothing like seeing a safari through the eyes of your own children or through your friends or other guests, because for somebody who experiences it the first time, it's just, it's the most amazing thing to see, just to see their excitement, the wonder in their eyes. It's, it's actually even even better than seeing the actual animal. It's just seeing their, their reaction. And, and that was true in my own experience as well. I took my children on their first safari when they were quite young. They were, I think, about eight, seven, and six. We also went to Pinda. And our very first safari, on the very first day, we came across a cheetah kill, which was absolutely amazing. And it was one of the best experiences that my children ever had. They are now 20-something, and they've been on, on quite a few experiences and safaris after that. But when we get together and we talk about our adventures, they always go back to that very first time, that very first safari that they had. That sticks in their minds and it stays with them forever. And it's one of the best memories that we had as a family. So in terms of family safaris, mm. it's really, really nice to have a romantic honeymoon or to have a, a nice safari just yourself and your husband. But there's just something about doing it with the whole family that just brings everybody together and just is a closeness that you have there that you don't really get anywhere else. So it really is worth it. it. It warms your heart. And for me, the one thing that I want to do now after, you know, the pandemic and the lockdown, there's nothing more that I want to do than have a safari with, with my children again and have them all together. So that's something that I'm looking forward to. And it's, it's one of the best experiences that there is. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And they just, there's so many experiences that you end up talking about over and over again, whenever you meet up, it really is a, an amazing thing to do for yourself and for your family. That it is. It's a life-changing experience. It, it definitely is. It, it might sound cliche when people talk about going on safari and it changes your life, but it really does. Once you've been on the safari, you totally agree with that sentiment. Mm. Mel, thank you so much. I think you've, you've given us a lot of very, very useful information. And I think that anybody who listens to you will be reassured about traveling to Africa with their kids, no matter their ages. That's fantastic. I'm only happy to have helped and it's been wonderful chatting to you as well. Thank you for listening to Leave Our World a Better Place. Don't forget to subscribe to make sure that you never miss an episode. If you'd like to find out more about and beyond, please log on to our website at andbeyond.com.